Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the final episode in the new series of The Home Recording Guide. I'm your host, Joe Brandon, joined by Matt Knight. Hello there. Hello indeed. And in this series, the same as before, we've, we, well, we've attempted to build a track using only what's available to us on Persona Studio One. I blooming love Persona Studio One. Um, now, Matt and I both use Studio One Sphere, which is their monthly program. We thoroughly recommend it. It costs like sub $15 a month and you get absolutely everything that Personas make in Studio One. Plus, it means you get all their updates and they're constantly bringing out new plugins. Like during this series, they've brought out a bunch of metal amps for their Empire plugin. I was like, oh, cool. I was about to download them and I was like, I don't. Metal. I <laughs> yeah, yes, I, and I think uh, metal is always the hardest, unless you're a metal player. Sometimes metal sounds are just tough to work with. Yeah, um, yeah. It was it was a great idea to be honest by Studio One because they were they're one of the few I would say sort of amp plugin brands. Their Empire is there because Empire can be used outside of Studio One. It's a it's a it's a plugin in its own in, in its own right. But they're one of the few amp plugin companies that are going. Oh, here's some some normal stuff. You know, as in here's a here's a Fender, here's a Vox. Here's, here's an Ampeg, whereas a lot of the plugging companies tend to be more like Neural DSP and they're like, here is this hybrid metal amp with uh, 50 gain stages and you know, <laughs> built-in super compressor. Like, metal tends to be what the what plug-in amplifiers are and I really liked that Studio One gave us some more natural options. But, of course, now they are, they're adding their own metal stuff to the game. Haven't tried it out yet, but it certainly looked good. Looks like they were copying a sort of a... Uh, like an orange dark terror by the look of the, you know, the graphic for the fascia of the amplifier. So that's that's quite that's cool. cool. That's cool. Um, but of course, yes, you know, dear listener, you can get hold of uh, the basic version uh, of uh, or the mid version of, of Personas uh, Studio One uh, just by buying one of their basic two channel interfaces from your local guitar store. Um, you get Studio One Artist with that. So that is is a great DAW that has a whole bunch of extra excellent plugins kind of built in but you can get the free version as well you can just download that off the internet and you can't use third party plugins with that but to be honest not a lot of the other stuff that we've used on this is is things not available on the free version this is very very good indeed certainly on our Facebook group um the guitarheads group uh People were, you know, I saw a couple of comments where people were saying, oh, I'm thinking about moving across from Reaper. You know, is there much benefit? I would say from someone who has used a lot of different uh, DAWs, um, I the reason I picked Studio One was because the amount of built-in plugins and plugins that come with it are so very, very good. Reaper's 
excellent. I agree. But I don't think it can compete when it comes to all the extras that Studio One throw at it. Like, you know, one of the, we're going to talk about the, the track that we've built on this episode. And and I was kind of like, because, you know, I was we were trying to do this all with the built in stuff. And I wanted to add I'll talk about this more later, but I wanted to add vocals onto this. And I was like, ah, no, I can't use any autotune <laughs> software because it's third party. I'm going to have to nail the vocals. But of course, Studio One comes with a free version of the basic version of Melodyne. You know, I wish I'd known oh, right. that. Wow. When I when I bought Studio One, I also then went and spent a hundred quid on Melodyne and then opened Studio One and it was like, here's your complimentary Melodyne. I was like, God damn it. But you know, none, nonetheless. Uh, it, yeah, it comes with the complimentary version of the basic version of Melodyne, which is all you need unless you're kind of, you know, you're really going to town on stuff. It's it's all you need for just correcting a few bits and bobs. So, you know, I was able to correct my vocals, which is which is good. But anyway, you know, all the links you need to get started on Studio One are in the description of this podcast, or you can visit personas.com for more details. As I say, this is the final episode, so we have finally finished the track. Woo! Oh, yeah, it was, a, it was a lot. So, Matt, you've, you sort of, uh, you've, you managed to, because last time you'd, got, you'd gone down, like, the rabbit hole of drums and synthesizers. You'd used your Moogs. You'd reprogrammed completely the, the drums using Easy Drummer, which sounded great. Um, and then you'd put down some rough guides for guitars. But the guitars have been sort of an afterthought for you. So this time you've mm. gone back in, had more of a look, uh, you know, yeah. had, had more of a more time on guitars. What did you do, guitar Yeah, so... Um... There was a couple of things. I know, obviously, you are working very much in the box when it comes to mixing and mastering, and that was a big request from, obviously, people um, that... In fact, actually, before we go into this, we, should we play the track or should we play it afterwards? I don't know. I was thinking about playing it at the end afterwards, sort of, okay. you know, okay. spoken about all the bits. I know that's okay, that's back fine. to front. But. That's fine. People have got something to look forward to, and then they just go, well, what a disappointment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, so um, so obviously you're working very much in the box of mixing and mastering, and I said I wanted to try and do some some more hardware and reamping stuff. And the reamping thing wasn't quite working for me because of the limitations of my interface. So I was like, right, I need to kind of work a little bit more in the box and, and with what I've got. And we spoke last time about trying to capture the performance first. I think for a lot of home recording guitarists, you can't turn up an amp. You've got to really try and capture the performance because you can change the sound later. Um, and I messed around with Empire a little bit, but I was like, what I want to do is just get a good um, guitar DI performance and then, um, you know, capture an amp sound later. But why not try and get a bit of a sound that I like now in case uh, you want to use it. So I went into uh, my radial J48 direct box. Again, you don't need to do that. Um, it's purely so it gives me a through and a, and a direct out. And I went into my old Boss SE70 rack unit, um, which is mainly a multi-effects, but it does have a couple of amp sims in, and use that to dial in like a guide ish kind of guitar track something that i thought would fit with the um the track and then recorded the di and that part at the same time um basically and i spent a bit more time this time like getting input levels and stuff right i know that sounds silly um but definitely one thing i've learned is you know making sure that your signals 
hot enough. I oh, think it's something I, I, I cock up all the time. Yeah, like, it was, especially on bass. I've got like basses that are such varied input levels, and I totally forget so often. Then I'm like, why does this sound rubbish? And it's it's almost always that. Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, but. no, no, but you're you're right. And I think um, you know this this is about home recording tips and tricks, and that's something for me is just spend some time like looking at that VU meter and going. Is the signal like hot enough? Um, you know, because obviously you can't fix clipping. You don't want it to clip. But I think it's easier to kind of dial something down than really try and ramp something up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, spent a bit of time with that and then spent a bit of time capturing the sound. And that was straightforward. And, you know, I've learned how to kind of do that in uh, in Studio One now. And I think the workflow for doing it is really easy. And one thing I used quite a lot when I was double tracking was just duplicating tracks so all the setup was actually the same and then i could just be like right okay and then i just move the record you know the arm buttons to the next two tracks yeah and um this time i learned a bit more about kind of songwriting and performing for the track and that's where i kind of struggled a little bit because i was like where we've been working remotely, it's been great because Studio One allows us to do that really freely. You sent me a, mi- a mix down and I just dropped the mix down into the project. Yeah. And was it's like, oh, a, you know. It's such a good way to work after, you know, if you're focusing on one thing and you're doing it between people, just writing to the mix down is often such a great option. Yeah. So, I, you know, I hit all the other tracks, just put the mix down in there and then was like playing that. But where I, I think we you do miss out a little bit is just kind of having someone else in the room to go i the role of a producer in fact like oh if you try this or try that or you know do it like that um and i was kind of trying to work out you know what the track needed from a guitar part and um you sent a a track with no guitars and then one where you've done like an octave thing and Mm. straight away i tried to do really what we did in the last track and spent ages like working out this really intricate part. And I was just like, the more I played it, the more I was like, it just, I was like, I, something doesn't, doesn't work. Something doesn't work. When you straighten the drums out, I think you committed this song to having straight guitars and bass. Yeah. Like you, and you made, you made the drums quite rock, like, like quite rock. And I think at that point, they just required power chords. That's what this song needed. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, something to learn in Easy Drummer is giving more of a human feel and a bit more swing and a bit more kind of, you know, that, that I think. But I think, I, think you're, I think you're right. I think what I, again, falling down the rabbit hole of the drums, I think what I ended up doing is writing a song around a drum part rather than writing drums around a guitar part. Sure, yeah. And, um, yeah, kind of struggled and worked a bunch of stuff and I was like, none of it just none of it sounded right. And and I think you're right, it sounded too direct. I think what we yeah. came out with, as you'll hear at the end, I think is quite cool. It's it's kind of like this big, almost like 70s, like proggy rock thing, but it's like a dead 4-4 four, four sort of, almost like <laughs> Pink Floyd in the 80s in some ways, um, which is a good thing and a ba- very bad thing. But, <laughs> but it, Bell was good. Yeah, but I think overall, I, again, it just helped me kind of it's practice in the basics of like how to record, how to set an input level, best workflow practices. Um, and I think the way that I'm going to do things now to finish off is probably use Empire to 
create a or or, or a neural DSP, but Ampire, I think, just really just a basic amp and just capture the performance and then worry about the other bits later. Yeah. Um, and try and have that set up as a template as like a scratch pad. So it's like, right, I've got a guitar part. Don't worry about getting it perfect, but you've got the part and then you can start writing the other bits around it. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, I did that. And I actually, Joe, I wrote, I would say maybe six parts and then was just like, listen, and then then took a break and then was like, delete. It just, it just, it, it, I, and I realised that what I wanted was like, yeah, big kind of rock power chord thing, and then I wanted to double track it, um, which you know was was good. It was playing the same part again, you know, again, so you could create a bit more space. But I, you know, I had some twiddly bits and some bit with some lead line, and then I was like, none of it fits. It all felt, it all felt very forced. Um, right, right. So, you know, I think what I came out with in the end fitted the track. Absolutely. But um, I think you're right. I think almost I shouldn't have focused so much on the drums and fixing the drum part. I should have focused more on the guitar tracks first, as we said last week, and then then coming to the drums maybe at the end. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good reason for laying down basic drums first and then sort of you know building the song and then focusing on making the drums an interesting part it, you know it, it works it works either way but yeah and it's a yeah good option. so you know, I, I i did i i was similarly to you i i was like maybe the start of this song needs a lead part like i had some lead synths in the in the last series on the track we did kind of at the mm-hmm. start to fill out a, you know the the start where you'd you know before you'd really kicked into doing a lead line and i was like yeah, so I got my MIDI keyboard out. I selected like a a bit of a uh, sort of a, um, a Hammond style organ, and I was like, "Right, cool. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do that I key Mars Volta thing. Loads of like chords of doom." And I was like, I was playing these parts over the top that were sort of crazy, like sort of a tonal madness, like moving all over the keyboard. And I was like, yeah, this is great. I was listening to it in isolation. And I was like, this is some of my best keys playing. I was like, this is really good. And I listened to it in the track and I was like, why am I playing a, a like a King Crimson Mars Volta style keys part over this track? <laughs> it yeah. doesn't work at all. So, I, you know, again, I, I, you know, same as you, I just deleted it. I was like, this less is more. Yeah, and and actually, you know, the more I've used Studio One, and for anyone listening who's thinking about getting into it, I think when you start to, I think it's about learning Studio One as a tool, and the the more you can learn to use a tool, the better you are at at the whole thing. You know, as at putting something together, I guess in a lame way, the better you can use a drill and measure a line the better you're going to be able to build up a shelf and I, you know <laughs> and i sort of i i've sort of taken all of that as like everything i've done has just helped me the next time i open a new project just work a bit quicker and understand what i'm doing right. um one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And, and that's, been, that's been great. And there's still so much to explore, but definitely need to start walking uh, before I'm, uh, I'm running. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's the entire thing is always utterly a learning curve. Like you know, there there are you know producers who are a million million miles better than us. We're nowhere near that, and so every single step is you know going to be a a a learning experience for for both of us and for you, dear listener. Unless you're an experienced producer, but yeah, I love the I love the 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 learning experience of it. I love that every time I come to a new song and make something new, I learn something new, and I take. Mm. Something away that mm. I'll commit to the next time I, yeah, you know, I make a I make a record. And so the guitar. Oh, sorry. Go on. I was, I was going to say I was going to just go go to you, Joe. Unless you were going to ask something else to me about you know mm. what happened to you, what you did rather when um, you kind of got those parts. And I guess we're talking about the the final mixing and mastering, really. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. You know, let's talk about your the guitar parts that you did send um, because you you sent me four. Uh, which were do- two double tracks. I had your DIs, and then I had your amp. What was it? Sorry, what was the amp again that you? you I were- uh, I was using. Um, well, I I I originally was using a plugin, but I was finding that I was getting a few dropouts um, just because I think my computer is a little on the old side, as we've mentioned before. Um, so I was just using a bit of hardware. So I was using my old SE70 with a. Um, it doesn't even have a name. It's just AmpSim Two, and then I dialed in a bit of uh, a bit of reverb um and a bit of overdrive onto that and i was like actually you know what straight in sounds all right well it's so funny like you know sort of without having the context i'm sure you know i'm sure sitting next to you in a in a studio i'd I'd have sneered at that but like but actually just hearing it i was like this sounds great i assume he's mic'd this up through you know one of his (laughs) like you know two (laughs) custom shop heads and cabs i was like this sounds really good i don't need to do that much to this it sounds great i mean for those sort of power good things it was exactly the right sort of balance of like crunch a little bit of verb like it was it was what that that you know those guitar tracks needed to be they sounded rich and full and thick so i'm I more or less used the I I didn't end up using the DI'd ones. I was like, I kind of like the sound of these. There's nothing wrong with them. So I took both of those guitars and I put them into a a bus. And then I added the um, the Personas Pro EQ onto the bus so that I could EQ both guitars together so that I could sit them both in the mix. So I hard panned them left and right. I actually cut out, I think, the right hand one for the first bit, just when you're doing like a couple of harmonics and a little chord, just at the start, I kind of wanted that to just hit in the left, you know, just to kind of bring everyone into the track. And then, you know, had both guitars come in a little bit later. But 
but yeah, so I, I, you know, I added that pro EQ just into the bus and then I just played the track on loop, played it like a, you know, played a, a loop of one of the big chorus bits that you're playing when I've got my guitars running as well. Now I just move that pro EQ around like boost mids, cut mids, do the same with treble and bass. And just, it's, it's really wonderful. The amount of things you can do on the, on the pro EQ as well, adding like compression to different frequencies and things like that really helps you kind of fine tune something. So I just spend some time looping until I'm like, yes, I think this is sitting just right in the mix. You know, inevitably by that time, you've also gone a little bit deaf to the, <laughs> to what it is. So it's, it's yeah. worth going away and coming back and, and you will definitely make changes when you come back. But it's a, uh, you know, I find that pro EQ just as something when you've got, a set of parts that is that is 100% what I do every time if they're all supposed to be doing the same thing I'll drop a and they're the same instrument but they're different parts I will bust them drop a pro EQ on them and then kind of use that to define where I am and I think I did end up adding something else I think uh, the fat channel did like a a FET compressor and they had a preset for rhythm guitars, which I added to it, which to be honest, made everything a little bit brash. So I sort of, uh, you know, messed around with that a little bit to to reduce the brashness. But that, that was all. So it wasn't like a massive amount. I didn't add any other amp sims. I didn't try and reamp anything. I, I just thought they sounded great for something that, you know, from... Sent by you was pretty basic, and I have done nothing more than add a digital EQ, really, and a little bit of compression to them to sit them in the track. And I thought they sat really well alongside the guitars that that, that I added. Yeah, yeah, and and that's and that's kind of what I I was going for is kind of relatively dry sort of rock chords, you know that, and that's yeah. sort of that sound helped you know build the part for the um, for the track really. What guitar did you use? I used my so I used the music man and actually in hindsight what I would have liked to done um which I, I you know again you know learning for the future I what I would have done was double tracked the one of the guitars with a different instrument so you get a little bit more vibe um mm. in some ways you know so maybe use the harmony on one side and the music man on another but I ended up using the music man for both um, again, harmony is very, very different input level. So you and you're going from Music Man, which is active, so it's like line level output. Yeah. Um, to a normal guitar, they sound so different in headphones. It's yeah, I bet. bizarre. Um, you know, and that's something you have to kind of get used to and pull yourself away from. You know, it's easy to sit in your safety zone your comfort zone when it comes to guitars you're like i know how this one sounds in headphones Hmm. um so yeah next time i think i'll probably experiment with a few different guitars and i think actually for a di you know capture the performance absolutely the one thing you can never change is the the sound of the guitar going in so that is absolutely the one thing you kind of want to experiment with if you can yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree on the different guitars thing. I was l- last weekend, I was recording some stuff with my partner, Emma, and I was doing like double tracked picked parts. And I I did it with the um, with my Harmony Juno and the Harmony Silhouette. So like mini gold foil humbuckers and gold foil P90s and hard panned left and right. It was great. It worked like really well um, just for kind of... Uh, I guess the the P90s are, are, are very warm and have a habit. It was on the neck pickup and have a habit of kind of, they're very articulate, but also 
maybe get a little subby if left on their own. Whereas the the mini humbuckers are very thin, and it's kind of like neither one would have worked sat on its own, but together they it, it, it created a really nice completed sound. So yeah, I was a a big fan of that. Nice. But yeah, I, you know, I, I had to I, I had to redo the bass as well because, of course, I said last week I was like, yeah, the bass is kind of, you know, you change the fill at the end and the bass played in a different sort of timing and the bass was sort of on a lilt and I think that affected how you were laying in guitars and initially, um, you know, because they they were sort of off with each other the bass and the drums. So I was like, right, I'm just gonna I'm gonna play something in very straight. So I got the same short scale jazz bass out, you know, duplicated the the. Um, the track, the the bass track. So I had the same amp presets, and essentially I was like, I'll just play this in straight. And I was like, wow, the the tone really didn't work at all. And that's of course because when I'm when I wrote this and sent sent it over to you, it was just the drums and the bass. And I was playing this little short scale Ashdown Grail, which is a short scale jazz bass essentially, and it's very bright and clicky and so perfect for exposed bass or lead bass. But when you're trying to sit in a mix, it's just it really jumps out as being like just a little bit too trebly and thin and lively. Um, so I was like, well, I'm gonna have to get a P bass. Um, so I haven't, I have an Ashdown Arc, which is the Ashdown P bass. So I just, uh, which is the bass I used on the last one as well. So I just played that all in with a pick, like mostly palm muted. Same thing, just use the Empire Ampeg sim, and then use the um, the Fat Channel um, tube compressor. Uh, after it just to clean everything up a little bit oh and then i added the chorus to the bass yeah so uh um uh studio one also has like a studio uh, sorry a chorus rack just like it's delay rack so it's you know they're based on the old roland um uh you know uh, space echo and space chorus so it's a uh, very much the same sort of control layout but really good and really really easy to get any sort of chorus sound that you want out from extreme to very subtle with you know a choice of wavelengths as 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 well or waveforms rather as well so it's very good i enjoyed that um but yeah so i just uh popped the bass in a little bit straight and i was kind of listening through i'd eq'd your guitars the bass was in i'd bust all the stuff i wanted to and i was like well i I guess this is there. I guess I should start mastering, but I was like, no, I want to find something else. And I knew that lead lines had really failed for both of us on this on this track. So, so I decided to add some gang vocals, some sort of whoa things on there. So uh, I cracked out a mic and uh, lay down sort of three or four different whoa vocals. And then I was I was pretty happy to find there was a vocoder available on the persona stuff. So I, I added that. I I used Melodyne to clean up my tuning and I added the vocoder to thicken everything up and just make it a little bit more on the money as it was going to be super low in the mix. And I used the Persona's room reverb uh, and uh, they have a, a preset called Fireworks, which is just like really thin flat reverberating large space they show you kind of the size right. of the rooms like the height of the rooms and the width of the rooms and where you are placed in the room on their room reverb it's very good so i chose the fireworks setting. they have catacombs as well and like loads of different presets which are really i love really all good. the names yeah <laughs> yeah exactly but it was it, that you know that was great and i was able to kind of bust the four vocals 
and then add, you know, all, all the stuff in the bus rather than on the individual vocal tracks and then sort of pan them around a bit so they separated in the track and then pop them right down in the mix um, so they, you know, they sat at a, at a decent level. But, you know, I was, I was pretty pretty happy with it after that point. Um, so, yeah, that, that was kind of, that was everything I added, I guess. Um, and then, of course, you know, Studio One offers the 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 mastering i can't remember what they call it it's not a mastering window it's well, it's annoying that i can't remember what it's called it's like the project window i think that's what they right they right. call it which is their separate almost a separate daw specifically designed for mastering um and you know the the stuff they have is just really useful like again i used um the the pro eq came in really handy like the displays are really good i set everything to k14 and third octave so that you can kind of see where everything is and where your frequencies are more and less and how to even them out there's like they have a good limiter on there so you just pop a limiter on the whole track with it like a, a ceiling and a threshold of minor minus one and after you've done that you can you can then really start to mess around with things. So using the Pro EQ to bring up, uh, like there wasn't a lot of treble in this track. We'd sort of ended up focused a lot around low mids, I think because of the mm. amount of synths that we'd used. Yeah. So I brought those up a lot and kind of tried to make that a little bit neater. And uh, um, and then it was just like, you know, add a little bit of compression because as I was bringing up the volume to sort of uh, to streaming volume, I was getting a few peaks annoyingly from my bass, even though I depressed that. I guess I dug in a little bit too much here and there, sort of a, little, a few things here and there. So I was able to add a master compressor to that. But uh, I even tried there's a there's a built in binaural plugin that kind of helps spread the stereo field of the. Track, oh, right. That's which, cool. Uh, yeah. Which which I thought was pretty cool. And you can just sort of enhance it a little bit more. So I was I did that to, to kind of try and give the track a bit more of a feel. But yeah, that was uh, oh, that was pretty much what I did. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the one thing I, I would take away from kind of listening to what you've done and, and mixing, I think. You know, for anyone who's new to home recording, I think it's just about diving in and, you know, this is more of a tale of our experience rather than like, do this, do this, do this. You know, th there's some great tutorials like we had Joe obviously on the podcast, you know, his YouTube channel is really going to help you guide step yeah. by step. But I would say that anyone who's looking to get into home recording especially from a similar perspective like mine, sort of guitar player and maybe been playing a while and want to get some ideas down. Studio One's been great to to dive in and, and do that. And like you say, it's just so much to learn, but that shouldn't intimidate you because every time you plug it in and every time you do something, you learn something new that's creative. You know, I think everything you do within the within the DAW is creative. You know, it's it's like another instrument in its in its own right. And I think it's... It's been amazing to kind of dive in and write some music yeah. and have something to show for it. I think. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I guess uh, I guess that you know that's that's pretty much us and there really for this track. That, those are all the things we've done. Listeners, we we thoroughly recommend get involved, make your own track, show us what you make. Like it's really interesting. Home recording is really fun. We you know we want to see. We want to see more of it. But I guess, Matt, we should, uh, you know, we should say farewell and we should play out with our um, with our recorded track, the second track that you and I have made for a home recording guide. 
Indeed. Uh, let's indeed. let's do that. And if anyone's got any suggestions or wants to do another one, uh, maybe later down the line, then yeah, let us yeah. know on the Facebook group. But otherwise, good to work on some more music, Joe. Yes, it was indeed. I was thinking, you know, later down the line, and we'll put something together for this, we should get the listeners involved. Maybe we can build something where potentially we don't play anything. Potentially we just put it together. Um, or maybe yeah. I provide a, a guide and we build a track from based on listener submissions off of that. We'll see. I, I, you know, I need to flesh that idea out a bit, but I think that's yeah. good. Yeah, I think there's something in that. Absolutely. And we will see. Well, um, thank you very much, uh, for listening, dear listener. Uh, we'll be back, of course, with our regular episode next week uh, for more of this guitar nerdery. Uh, so without further ado, here is Matt and my track from the Home Recording Guide Season 3. Farewell. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.